0: The summer before I entered the seminary, um, this is about 10 years ago now, uh, the summer before I entered the seminary, I worked at a summer camp. Uh, I worked at a summer camp in East Texas called the Pines. Uh, I was a camp counselor. Um, It was a lot of fun. It it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about myself. And one of the biggest lessons I learned actually has to do with this gospel. Um, The first half of the summer... uh, I remember I was going into it. I was really excited because I was able to be a big, goofy brother to all of these kids. Uh, I played very, very well and still do. Um, But I remember going into this summer, I was thinking, I'm the counselor. These are my kids. So I have to give them the faith. Every week we would get a new group of kids. And it was like the first couple of weeks, I remember sitting there thinking as they're coming in and I'm introducing myself and getting to know them. They would come in and I would think, these are my kids for the week. I'm going to give them the faith. I'm going to teach them everything they need to know. They're coming in, little demon children, right? And I'm going to fix them. They're coming in like full of sin and struggles and and all these things. And you know what? At the end of the week, everything's going to be perfect. Because I'm going to have fixed it. And I'm going to have given them the faith and made everything right. Parents are looking at me thinking, yeah, good luck, right? Um... But I remember thinking, like, that was the, my mentality going in because I was the counselor. That was supposed to be my job. My job was supposed to be, I'm going to give them the faith. During the course of the summer, the first, first month I was there, um, something that I thought would be so natural and easy for me was hard. It wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't feel the connections being made. I didn't feel the good that could be coming from these, this summer to, with these kids. like... Some of the stuff we were doing was good, but but it wasn't as good as it could be, and I didn't understand why. During the course of the summer, we had a a speaker that had come in, and he did a retreat for us, for the staff. Um, So we had like a little one-day retreat, just a chance to kind of exhale, no kids, and just give us a chance to pray. At one point during the retreat, he pulled out this scripture. He reads it to us, and the sower went out to sow, and... Some seed fell on the the path, and some fell on rocky ground, shallow ground, some fell amongst thorns, and then some fell on good soil. We were quiet and we were praying, and it was night, like it was a good little reflective time. And at the end of reading it, he kind of gave us a moment of silence. And he asked us a very, very pointed, but very, very simple question. It was one of the poll questions, like raise your hand, right? Looks at us and he says. Raise your hand if, when you pray with this, you think you are the sower. Raise your hand at when you pray with when we pray together if you imagine yourself as the sower. I was sitting there and my hand shot up, and I looked around the room, and there was one other person with his hand up. Now, as a kid, I remember thinking, like, when I was in my classrooms, like, growing up, like, fifth grade, I remember looking and thinking, man, when a teacher would do that kind of thing, and you put your hand up, and no one else puts their hand up, you're wrong. (laughs) And I was kind of shocked, and I'm like, I got to, uh-oh, something's wrong here. I very, very, like, sneak, like, I just kind of sneak my handbag down, put it in my pocket, like, it was a spasm, I wasn't wrong, no. The next question... That he asked, he looked at everybody and he said it. Who thinks God is the sower? And there, everybody else's hands went up. See, what was happening, whether I realized it or not, is that I had tried to take on the place of God. I had tried to put myself as the one who's going to force the faith on these children, that I'm going to force that these kids are going to receive the faith because I'm going to do it. Whether I had realized it or not, I had put myself in the place of God. But then I begged another question. I remember sitting there thinking, what is it that I'm supposed to do? If I'm not the one giving the faith, then what am I supposed to do as a counselor? What is my role this summer with these kids that are entrusted to me? How am I supposed to, do, to minister the faith to these kids if I'm not the sower? The next question that he said, I'm guessing you're asking yourself what you're supposed to do. And he's a mind reader. He looks at us and he says three words that were very simple. Be good dirt. Be good dirt. Kind of like it was like scales fell from my eyes, like it was something to pray with for the next month was how can I not worry about giving, but worry about witnessing? How can I learn how to receive the Lord well and let that reveal itself in the way that I work as a counselor? I think sometimes parents, sometimes parents put too much pressure on themselves that I need to be the one to give the faith. When in reality, our, your mission is very simply to be good Every one of us, at some point in our life, is going to have the dirt that the other types of dirt that Jesus talks about today. Let's break them open. The first one, he says, some seed fell on the path, right? Well, when I hear about a path, I think of a lot of activity happening on a road. I think of people walking. I think of things happening. There's a lot of busyness that happens on the road. How often do in our life we find ourselves too busy to receive the Lord's Word? How often do we find ourselves too distracted, too concerned with other things to see the Lord's Word? That our calendar oftentimes looks inhuman. That we try and do a week's worth of stuff in a day. Right now, we, in, our, in our culture, in our world right now, we have more devices than we ever have had to save time. And it seems like we have less time than we've ever had. Right now, we have more ways of communicating with people around us, we're communicating with people around the world, communicating with people from other states, from other cities, from all over the place instantaneously, yet relationships seem to be less deep and real than they ever were before. So much so that our younger generation, the anxiety and loneliness are the two things that are spiking. The path. is Sometimes our hearts look like the dirt of our hearts looks packed and busy like the path. Maybe that's not it. Maybe the next one is, it might be where, where we find ourselves sometimes when we're not tilled up and, and ready to receive. Maybe it's the, the rocky or shallow soil. I remember I was, thinking about, uh, I was thinking about youth ministry a lot the last couple of years. And I remember th- like just reflecting on all the people that I was involved with when I was in high school, both in the parish and in the diocese, when I was in college and all these things. I remember kind of reflecting on just how much fun and how many people were around. Then I started to think where they are now. It was like a VH1 special, where they are now. Because the reality is, a third are active in their faith. Half, maybe. That it's really easy to get excited for a Steubenville conference or for a youth rally kind of thing or for a retreat or for something like that. That a lot of things happen and flare up really quickly. But it turns into being superficial and there's no roots. If we notice, in confirmation classes, parish after parish that I've been around and at, I've seen that confirmation students, we'll have 30, 40, 50 students that are confirming. And two that come back on Sunday for Mass. I think what happens sometimes in our life and our relationship with God is that whenever something big, a a major moment happens, if we don't continue to till the soil, the plant's going to die. The roots aren't established yet. Ourselves. We can get really, really excited for a superficial thing, but the roots haven't tapped in deep. And it may not last. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you know, Father, that might not be where my heart goes. That might not be what happens to the soil of my heart. Another one that Jesus lays out for us. The thorny ground. Weeds. Now, whenever you think of, sometimes when I imagine what this looks like, that the weeds would come up as something is, as the plant as the plant is growing, that the weeds would kind of like do this boa constrictor thing and kill it. Anybody that knows gardening knows that whenever you have weeds, what's actually happening is the nutrients are being deprived. So the flower might not be as bright, or the fruit might not be as sweet, or the vegetable not, might not grow as big as it should. But well-tilled ground will produce beauty and sweetness and size, right? Well, these thorns can be just things that distract us from putting the energy towards our faith that we should. So often, I think faith becomes one of the many things that defines us. I'm Catholic, but I'm also this, I'm also this, I'm also this. When in reality, our Catholic way of seeing the world is supposed to be a lens by which we see everything. and It's not just another detail of our life. It's not just right next to our occupation, our gender, and who we voted for. Worldly concerns is what Jesus says the thorns are, is that so often these thorns, these weeds, can be the thing that distract us from putting the energy forth in our faith. We should. Because the reality is, is when we put energy forward in our faith, the fruit that we bear affects what we do. It affects how we're a husband or a wife. It affects how we live out our vocation or live out as a layperson in the world. You see, today when we come to hear about these different types of dirt, I think every one of us at some point find ourselves with some thorns and some weeds. Every one of us find ourselves sometimes with the heart that looks a little bit like the path where we're just a little bit too busy. Every one of us have have parts of our heart that are more shallow than others. But what the Lord is asking us to do today is to till up the soil of our hearts and to fertilize it as much as we can. Like to have the, the things of the church continue to work in our life, that whenever He speaks His word, when He gives us the word made flesh, His Son in the Eucharist, that when we receive it, the plant takes root, the fruit is born and shared. The word human has a, a to do a little etymology exercise, the word human comes from a Latin word. Humus. H-U-M-U-S. Humus. It looks like hummus, but it doesn't taste like it. Right? It's humus. That word in Latin means earth. Or dirt. It's etched into who we are. It's etched into how we are as human beings. We're called, God tells us from there that we're called to be dirt. When God formed Adam out of the dirt, He breathed His life into him. He formed Eve out of a rib from Adam and more dirt breathed his life into her. In the same way, when we come every year for Lent, the churches are full at Ash Wednesday. And what do we hear? You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Or another way to say it, you are dirt, and to dirt you shall return. On our our funeral day, when we are laid to rest, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, or dirt to dirt, every one of us is called, has, the, in the words of this Gospel, has a heart that is made up of dirt. How do we till it? How is it receptive to the Word of God? Because when it is, when it is, it works. Our first reading, that the Word of God goes forth and it achieves its goal as long as it has a place to grow. You can have the best seed in the world, but if you try and grow it on cement, it won't work. The word of God is good seed. the word of God is good crop. The word of God bears fruit as long as it has a place to be received. It's a fitting place for it to be received. In the words of today's gospel, we hear that the, that the word of God it will bear, 160 or 30-fold, to the, to the context in which Jesus is speaking, sevenfold was a good harvest. Tenfold was a a record harvest. And Jesus is saying a hundredfold will be born in your life. He's talking about a miracle happening for the people of God. That the fruit of the of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Word of God, will bear in your life and change the world. Just imagine for a moment. All of us were able to till up the soil, to clear the weeds, to let let the soil get deeper and deeper where it would be a healthy home for receiving the Word of God. What fruit would it bear in our life? What fruit would it bear in our community, our world? It becomes the antidote to a lot of the struggle and strife that we have right now. Because we as Christians are called to bear fruit and to go forward. But it starts with the first step. And as that speaker said so many years ago to us, to me as a counselor, very simply, be good